If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Good evening to all of my fellow Yankees fans, and welcome to episode 20 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this chilly Sunday, November 3rd, 2019. Well, it's cold. It got pitch blackout at barely 5.30. Daylight savings last night. That's stupid daylight savings. And my seasonal depression with no baseball in the midst of a cold, dark winter is upon me. (laughs) Fun times. Really, really fun times. God, I already miss the Yankees so much. I really do. It's 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 pretty startling how much less there is to do in my life when the Yankees are not around, truly. It's 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 just crazy. Oh, well, we probably got ourselves a bit of a shorter episode today, of course. We'll talk about what's going on on this week's poll. We'll talk about Chapman being here for another three years through 2022. And we'll go in on the World Series for a little. So let's get things started giving our first of many shout-outs to the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. The Team Left Jab United Radio Network features Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and, of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms and check out their sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, you name it. They also just redid their website. They have new social media pages and it's all looking very promising. So be sure to go check out Team Left Jab, guys. I should be having another interview with them tomorrow, so that should definitely be a fun time as always. So now that we've been through the Team Left Jab shout-out, let's get to this week's poll for crying out loud on both Instagram and Twitter. And because the latest Yankee news about Chapman came out, I figured I'd do a poll about Aroldis Chapman. And uh, I got a little bit less interaction than usual. That's probably because it's the off season. You know, it's, it's typical. It's a Sunday, so people are concentrated on football. There's a bunch of other crap going on. And uh, not as many people paying attention to baseball as I just continue to be sad about that. But <laughs> that's another discussion for another day. But it's still got a good, it's still got some good interaction. Got quite a few replies. Got well over 200 votes still. That's On average, the polls probably get around 300 but this one will probably finish anywhere from 250 to 300, and a, a few of them, as you know, went over 500, 600, almost touched 700, so there's been so, so much interaction on these polls, and you know I'm grateful for that, but let's get into this one, and of course, it has to do with Chapman returning to the Yankees, not even opting out, just extending the deal even to a third year, so here's your question. How do you feel about Chapman returning to the Yankees and choosing not to opt out? Nice and simple and straightforward question. Basically, if there's any big one piece of Yankees news on a given week during the offseason, I'll most likely be doing my poll on that. So, since the Chapman news came out earlier today, way in the morning, I I figured I would do it. And then, obviously, if I'll just come up with general questions if nothing's going on, like in in the middle of, of January or something, a very quiet time. So, this was this week's question, and of course, those who left their replies get their shout out, as always. So we'll start off with my good friend James, James Celestin at Anime Soldier 01. He said, I'm excited. He was great for us, and he had a good season, despite the hanging slider out to Altuve. <laughs> he is important and helps make the bullpen that much better. That's definitely true, James. I mean, 
it is really important, and I'll mention this later too when I give my takes on Chapman coming back and, and not, not even choosing to opt out and, and even extending to a third year. But really, in an era where not many teams at all have a good bullpen and the Yankees' bullpen is just so great, you know, it's, it's important to just keep Chapman there. He's a very big piece to have in an already dominant bullpen and makes a great bullpen even greater, just like James is saying. At VR Srinat says, Our bullpen was not an area of concern. It's a good thing for stability to return with Jonathan Holder, Ben Heller coming back from injuries. Our short innings people look strong. Dellen should bring another plus arm. Good move by the front office. I agree. I, you know, I, I, I think it's good that Chapman's back, and I do think that he adds, you know, just another great arm to an already great bullpen. You got guys like Holder, if he could find his consistency, because, of course, while Holder had a good season in 2018, in 17 and 19, he had a lot of trouble at times finding some consistency, and and he really was irritating to watch sometimes. So if he could find some consistency in 2020, I'd be on board for that. And of course, Ben Heller missing the vast majority of 2019 due to injury as well. So we'll see what they can bring to the table. And of course, Dellen coming back in 2020, definitely a good mention there. Big, big deal that Dellen will be back because we were definitely missing him a little bit when it came to the playoffs and maybe even at the end of the season a little bit. But definitely in the postseason when the bullpen was being abused a lot due to most most of the time just lack of length from starters, Dellen would have been an arm that you would have liked to have, just an additional legendary arm. Then we have at Nikki B underscore 04, another good Twitter friend of ours here on Yapping Yankees. She put a gif of herself saying Ponchalo Chappie. Now, Nikki, I don't really know what that means. <laughs> I do speak quite a bit of Italian, but I do not know what that means because that word does not sound like an Italian word. Usually us Italians can catch a lot of Spanish words because they are very, very similar. But I do know that was a big thing for you during the season. You would yell that out a lot when you're at Yankee games. Please tell me what that means. I have no idea what that word ponchalo means. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. <laughs> at Sports Team News says, have to be happy. He clearly wants to be in pinstripes, and he's proven he can handle New York. He's a proven talent, and we don't need to gamble on whether Britain can still close or not. Well, that's definitely one thing, proven he can handle New York, because we do know that some athletes, it's it's a legitimate thing. Some athletes cannot handle the bright lights, this you know, being center stage with every with all eyes on them. Not all athletes can handle that. Chapman has really proven that in, a, in most cases, he can definitely handle that. And when it comes to Zach Britton, you know, we haven't seen him close in quite some time, especially since he came to the Yankees, but, you know, occasionally he's had a closing appearance when Chapman's not available, you know, but but he hasn't been a consistent closer. I'm, I'm sure he can, and as a, honestly, I'll admit that even back in, in 2018 when he was with the Yankees for the part that he was in 2018 for the second half of the year, I really was not the biggest Zach Britton fan, and I felt the same way coming into 2019. I just didn't know how to feel about him exactly. But this year in 2019, he had himself a hell of a season. There's no, there's no denying that. He was big in the playoffs. He was big in the regular season. He got it done. Britton had a great, great year. So whether he can still close or not, I'm not sure. But if Chapman were to leave, maybe you give it a shot. That's probably your next in line, I would say. Then you, de- then you could probably have, you know, Adovino or Canely in the seventh, Dellen in the eighth, or maybe any of those three, especially Canely or, or Dellen, could probably go more than an inning if they need to. But that would that would still be fine, even if Chapman was gone. You you slide Britton into the closer role, see if see if he could still do it, which I'm sure he could. At Rebel FD, guy's a beast and loves to win. 
Well, that's definitely true. He's a beast. And, and you know, he really is one of the more intimidating presences on that mound. You look across that, that look that he has in his face when he looks in and just how he just throws the pitch. It's like a freaking slinger. It's like a cannon. It's crazy. <laughs> then you have at Yank the mic. As much as he can drive you crazy with the walks, I can't think of a more dominant guy out there. One year added to his deal is perfect. And that, that's definitely another true fact to bring up. Thank you for bringing that up, Mike. So the thing is, you know, when, when you think about Chapman, while he's one of the most dominant relief pitchers and closers in the game, you know, he can drive you a little bit nuts with the walks because those nights where he doesn't have it, and he does have those nights occasionally where he doesn't have it, as any human being does, but when he doesn't have it, I mean, he does not have it. I mean, the pitches are all over the place. The fastball spiked into the dirt or thrown 20 feet over Sanchez's head or whoever or whoever's catching that given night. And and it's his slider will be all over the place. Or maybe one is working and he has to rely on that too much. But when Chap is wild, he is wild. So yeah, he, he can drive you a little nuts when he doesn't have the stuff and, and just walks guys on four straight pitches over and over again. I mean, you know, but... It, you know, when certain pitchers, they come in often, and sometimes they just don't have it. But when Chapman doesn't have it, he doesn't have it. No doubt about that. Then we have my girlfriend at Vic Salimo says, Chapman has proved to be a valuable asset to the Yankees. He is a force we reckon with when he's on the mound. He takes hitters, he makes hitters at bat scared to face us when he's pitching. His skills are superior. That's, that's true. I mean, when he is on, I mean, we we're just talking about when he is off and he doesn't have his stuff. When he's on, he's blowing you away with 101, 102. He's unleashing a slider that is just straight up unfair on you, taking about 10 to 15 miles an hour off on it. It has a ridiculous hook. Again, just to poke some fun, you know, except when it's Tuve. But of course, listen, that's just to make some fun. But anyway, when he does have his stuff, and especially when the fastball and the slider are on point, you, you can't touch him. There's no touching Chapman when he's on. At Joey Bosco... Whoever doesn't say that they're happy for the Yankees extending Chapman, they are crazy. Chapman makes this team scary to play against. And he got quite a bit of likes on that, and, and he, because it's true. I can't really see anybody else really being mad that Chapman is back. I mean, mad? I mean, come on. <laughs> He's still a great, great pitcher. And up next, we had at official 52011 underscore two. I like that he's back. And that's, well, a lot of people agree with you. Definitely, and we'll get to the results of the poll after these replies, of course. I didn't forget that. Don't worry. <laughs> At Radio Shaktiv 93, I'm very happy to hear that Chapman is back in pinstripes and he added an extra year in $18 million. He is basically one of, if not the best closers on the absolute best bullpen in baseball by a country mile. Timing is everything, and they picked the right time to get this done. And yeah, by the time he's done with the contract, he'll be 34, 35. So it's, it's really not that bad. I, I definitely agree with Shaq there. Definitely agree with you. At Eve Lynn 42 says, Thank you for the eh choice. And we'll get to that choice later. I still haven't decided how I feel. He's a great pitcher, but I have misgivings about his other behaviors. Violence of any form is not to be taken lightly. And we'll get to that in a bit as well. Yes, he was suspended and served his time, but I'm still torn. And, you know, I'm, I, that's why I give the, on almost every poll I do, I try to give, like, the middle ground choice, not necessarily yes or no or happy or mad. I, and I try to put, like, an eh or so-so in the middle there just so people have more choices, you know, in case they don't really know what their choice is. At Peanut Hubber, one of the best closers in the game, 
and the fact he wanted to stay with the team says, I could have left. However, I'm committed to help this team win a championship. So he's saying from Chapman's point of view, and that's true. He didn't even opt out for more money. They just extended him. So that that's that. At Jeff Morgan, 1967, at times Chapman is a dominant closer, the type of closer who makes it much easier to win in the postseason, which is true. Then we had at, at AYS02. I don't feel he is as feared as much as he once was. His velocity isn't what it once was either. He has some good stuff, don't get me wrong, but I get nervous when he's coming in. And yeah, there are time, certain times when he comes in where he's throwing 96, 97, and you're like, what the hell's going on? Because <laughs> you feel like when the, whenever the velocity is a little down, there's a, there's a pretty good chance Chapman might not have it that night, maybe. I mean, it just takes time to see how he is when the start comes in, when he, when he comes in. But I, I don't know, it's just, I, I do see what you say when he makes you a little nervous, especially when he's to start the inning with a walk or, or when you, you could pretty much tell Chapman is one of those guys where you could tell pretty quickly whether he has it or not on a given night. So I, I guess I understand that. At Kenny Laurie says, I'm glad he's back. Yeah, sometimes he makes this more interesting than they need to be, but he's a proven talent who can handle New York. Another one that says they can handle New York. He's smart. He's smart too and can figure things out as he goes along. It will be interesting to see how the new pitching coach works with him. And of course, the pitching coach has yet to be announced, the new pitching coach that is, which we'll also get to that as well. So let's get to the results now of the poll. And, and again, in case you forgot, the question is, how do you feel about Chapman returning to the Yankees and choosing not to opt out? And the three choices were happy, eh, or mad. And 67% voted for happy. That is the choice that won. So most people on Yankees Twitter, after so far what has been around 220 votes, voted that they are mostly happy. 27% said eh, and only 6% said they were mad that he's back. So let's head over to Instagram, of course. Another poll that we have going on over there. The same question applies. How do you feel about Chapman returning to the Yankees and choosing not to opt out? On this poll, 100% of people said that they were happy. And of course, no middle ground choice really on this one because there's only two choices to be voted on on the Instagram story polls. Either yes or no or just any other choices you want, just it has to be two. So unfortunately for this, I wasn't able to put an eh in there. I had to put happy or mad. And since there was no middle ground, I guess people chose for the happy. So 100% said that, and I got two replies in my DMs as well. Actually, three. So let's see this. Tegan Graham 23, good friend of my brother's. This was a really interesting analogy he had. <laughs> it had me laughing pretty hard. Chapman opting out is like hot cheese. Now listen to this. Chapman opting out is like hot cheese. Made perfectly, and hot cheese on a Philly cheese is amazing. <laughs> That's what we need from Chapman. When he locates, he is the best closer in baseball. Now here's the other part, the, on the other hand. However, hot cheese in a school cafeteria tastes like cow pee. When Chapman can't hit his spots, he loses that great value that we love. Regardless, I'm happy about this whole thing. It shows that he wants to be here and that he's loyal to the club and the fan base. That is a hell of an analogy, Tegan. Holy crap. <laughs> That's funny. Matt Schwartz.14, another good friend of my brother, says, I can't say I'm happy or upset. He was one of the best closers here, but in the playoffs, he didn't look so good, so we shall see how he does this season. Of course, Matt is referring to the two-run walk-off home run in Game 6 when the Yankees lost to the Astros, I assume. 
which if you are mad, that is, it is just one bad night. But if you're talking about other nights, then I suppose. But Chapman really didn't pitch that much, not, let alone in the playoffs. Not even really in the month of October, in the month of September, he really didn't pitch that much. And then my my brother himself, Fire Lord Tom, on on Instagram says because he throws gas right to the point. I guess my brother has a fetish with pitchers that throw really hard. So that's that really. <laughs> It's so funny. But regardless, now that the polls are done with, and I want to thank all of you as always for interacting on the polls, voting, replying, and, I'm, and I hope you're glad as always that you're getting your shout outs and everything. So thank you all as always for the interactions on the polls. This week, interaction a tiny bit down, but not that much more down. But again, it's because it's probably the off season and you know there's all this stuff going on. So other than that, thank you as always for interacting. So with that said, let's get into some Yankees news. And of course, it's the offseason. This this episode, of course, being called Offseason Part 2. And as I explained on last week's episode, for the rest of the offseason, unless something really, really, really big happens, like they sign an elite pitcher or what have you, you know, the, the episode is probably going to just be called the offseason part this, part that, you know. So... We'll see what happens with that. But the Yankee news, not too much going on as we are now in the month of November. The World Series has ended, and we'll get to that in a little bit as well. But the Yankees have a couple of pieces of news, but we'll start with the one today as it's the newest and the hottest discussion all over Yankee land. And that news is that Aroldis Chapman, as we were talking about the polls, he chose not to opt out of his contract with the Yankees. He agreed to terms to immediately extend his contract and stay with the Yankees for three more years through the 2022 season. And considering he did that, as as we heard from some of the replies in the polls, it's obviously clear that after not even opting out, there's no place he'd rather be, which is which is really cool because you know with the que- there's a questionable closer market out there. But not only that, I just think he's really taken to the town of New York. I think he likes it here. The Yankees added another year for $18 million to the end of the next two years in his contract. And some may argue that that's quite a bit of money for someone, especially a closer or relief pitcher, I suppose, who'll be in his mid-30s by the time it's done. But, you know, the Yankees felt he's worth that. So they gave it to him. And when it comes to to how people feel on Aroldis Chapman, basically here's my take on it. I mean, some still obviously hold the gun incident over his head, and I... Basically, how I feel about that is, you know, and there are definitely some people in this in the stadium that chant "wife beater" and this and that, but there's no evidence that Chapman ever hurt his wife physically. I mean, when there was speculation on that, 2015 into 16, when the Yankees signed him and the Cubs let him go because of that domestic violence suspension, they really looked into it, and and the charges were dropped, if I remember correctly, and there was no evidence of him actually physically harming his wife. He just went and shot a gun into the air eight times or something like that, which is also is not normal. That's that's quite alarming as well. But to those chanting wife beater or saying that he did hit his wife, I, I didn't see any evidence of that anywhere unless I missed something, which I don't think anybody missed that. So, I mean, if you're chanting wife beater and there's no evidence, you either need to just drop it or you're misinformed and you're just looking to start trouble because you can't just say something that's it's it's not proven. It's not true. And it's. It's funny how in our system so many people operate with the guilty until proven innocent thing when really in our justice system it's the other way around. It's really strange how some people think like that. But you know, when it comes to the gun incident, yeah, the guy shot a gun into the air eight times. Is it normal? No. 
but he got his help for that. He hasn't done anything since. He hasn't done anything like that or anything bad with a temper tantrum since that, really. Not that we know of. And if it were on that scale, I'm sure that we would hear about it, as it's hard to keep that stuff away from the public. But if, if that's really all that happened, if that's all you have to hang your hat on, which happened four or five years ago, I think it's time to move on, guys. I mean, let, let's get moving here. I mean, how would you like it if you made a mistake? I mean, even if it was that bad of a mistake, but we all make them. We're all human beings, and no matter how high and mighty you may think you are, you make mistakes too. I make mistakes. We all make mistakes. And it's not fair for somebody to hold that mistake over your head for the rest of your life, especially if you got help for it, and you haven't done anything since. Just move on. What, what, you have nothing else better to do, really, than just chastise somebody for something that they did years ago and just, just hold it over their head for the rest of their life if they don't do it again or if they don't do anything like that again. And if there was no proven evidence that they laid hands on their wife? I don't know. I, I, I don't think that's right. I just don't. I'm willing to give somebody the benefit of the doubt that may be reformed and changed. And, but obviously not everybody feels that way. But if you're, if you're chanting wife beater, either inform yourself or just stay quiet. Stay home for the game so we don't have to hear you chanting that. Because from what I know, it's not true. And I'm not defending what he did with the gun, as I just said before. That's not normal either. Hasn't done anything like that since, or exactly that. And he apparently got help for it. The Yankees probably made sure he did. And everything's been fine for years. So just shut up. <laughs> That's how I feel about it, I guess. And I do think he has great stuff, and he, and as, as I said earlier, makes, he makes an already solid bullpen greater. And the bullpen isn't really an area of concern, as was almost also said in the poll replies. I mean, when you look at this team, it's just not a concern, it's just a fact. But it's nice to have him back there, and he saved a lot of games this year, 37 to be exact, and in fact, it's the most he's had since 2013, and I don't know if that, what that's worth to you, it's worth something to me. And he obviously still gets a lot of strikeouts, as he has his entire career. In the first 10 years of his career since he started in 2010 with the Cincinnati Reds, he's had one of the highest strikeout rates amongst any reliever. He still gets his strikeouts to this day. And, you know, of course, he has, he has, his, he has his nights when he gets, nervous, when he gets people nervous and gets into jams, allows walks, pitches are all over the place, as I said earlier. But again, also, as I said, it happens to every closer, every relief pitcher. Every starter, every pitcher on the planet, they'll come in sometimes and not have their stuff. It happens. They're all human. But Chapman is one of the best out there at his job, whether you like it or not. And in an era where not many teams at all have a good bullpen, he's a good piece to hold on to. And listen, if, if you want to mention the wife stuff, then, then send, me, send me whatever you got to send me on evidence that he physically harmed his, that he physically harmed his wife and... And I will take all of it back, but to the best of my knowledge, if my memory serves me right, and I don't have the best of memories, to say the least, but to the best of my memory from 2015, you know, he served his suspension, he did his time also. I don't remember there being any evidence of him harming his wife physically. All I heard was him shooting the gun. That's all I remember. And if that's all that happened, and he got help for it, and that was years ago, and nothing of the likes has happened since, it's time to move on. It's time to move on. It's getting stale, and it's getting old, and you're probably just looking for something to complain about. So enough. And again, for those of you that are oversensitive that are listening to this episode, those oversensitive nillies out there in society, I didn't defend what he did with the gun. Listen back to what I said. I never defended it. So just so we're making myself clear here, that's how I feel about it. 
Also in other news, of course, Larry Rothschild is gone. Now, I, I personally was pretty happy about this. <coughs> I mean, quite honestly, in his time here, I mean, I, I realize there are probably things behind the scenes that Larry did well and, and that we just don't know about or, or whatever. And, and there are certain things that he did to help pitchers that we don't know about. There are certain things with the organization that he might have helped out that we don't know about. Because there, there are definitely certain things with certain organizations, and whether it be in politics or sports or, or whatever, that the public doesn't, they're just not made aware of. Because the public, we don't have to know everything. I mean, we want to know everything, but we're not told everything. <laughs> that's, just, that's just the way of life. But for the most part, all I saw was a guy in the bullpen, was a guy in the dugout during games. When a pitcher got into trouble, he was not out there. All I heard was when I saw big changes in a pitcher, I heard somebody like Carlos Beltran was behind the scenes giving them tips, who, by the way, just got hired as a new Mets manager. Congratulations to him. But really, I just I just didn't really see him do much with my own eyes. Now, I'm I'm not saying that my own eyes are everything. And again, as I said earlier, probably he did he probably did do things behind the scenes when there's no cameras around or anything like that that he probably did help the pitchers or the team or the organization at large. Perhaps he did cuz the Yankees always speak high of him and when and when his when his departure was announced, when he when the Yankees fired him, when they let him go, the Yankees really held him in high regard when they when they mentioned him and and they spoke about all the things he did and and what they thought of him and everything he did and they they speak highly of the guy. But with my own two eyes, when it came to looking at him in the dugout and when it came to him doing things or not doing certain things in the game, it just it didn't seem like he did very much. And I won't be a hypocrite by by saying, oh, you know. When pitchers have done good, oh, it has nothing to do with him. And when pitchers are bad, it has everything to do with him. But at the same time, I would say the vast majority of pitching in his time here has not been that great. It hasn't been. Whether that's because of him or not, I don't know. But maybe, since you know, he has been here for seven, eight years. He's been here a long time. It's a time for a change. And I definitely agree I definitely agree with the thought that it is time to move on from Larry. And I'm glad they finally did. I think if you see a sudden change in how pitchers are performing or how he's managing games when a pitcher's in trouble, how often does he go out there? How often does he seem to interact with the pitchers and help them out? You know, if we see that more often in a pitching coach and we see a vast improvement in the pitchers, then we know that probably a good amount of it, uh, uh, probably some of the badness was Larry's fault. I mean, a big indication of that is how the new pitching coach is going to do, and we don't know who that is yet. A lot of people want David Cohn. Some people are saying just look into the minor league system, hire Tommy Phelps from the minor leagues. You know, some people are saying those things, but at the same time, it, it we're going to have to see how the pitchers do without Larry to see how much of it indeed was or wasn't on Larry Rothschild. Me personally, I'm happy to see a change in the position. I'm glad he's gone. It's been It's been a long time with him. I've had enough... Let's switch things up a little bit. Anything to help this team win a championship finally again. So Larry Rothschild, after many, many years being here, especially back in the Joe Girardi years mainly, he is gone. And we'll see if he, where he goes, if he chooses to even take up another pitching coach's job with another organization. Maybe he'll go to the Phillies where Girardi is, because of course Joe Girardi was announced as the new Phillies manager in the last week. So maybe he'll go there. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. 
Maybe he'll partner back up with Girardi, and they'll they'll be the partners there in Philadelphia again, see how they do. Or again, maybe he just won't take a job, or maybe he'll just go somewhere else. We'll have to see, but I do wish Larry the best, although I'm glad to see him go. I think the pitching coach position with the Yankees needs to see a change and see a fresh face there next to Aaron Boone and and just work with the pitchers to put bets to put forward the best bullpen guys and the best starting rotation that you could possibly put out there. And just work with the guys, work with the talent. Put the best product out there that you can because the pitching has been a problem here for a lot of years. A lot of years. It's hard to avoid for the rest of the time. It really is. There's only so much that you could beat around the bush with this. So that's the other piece of news, Larry Rothschild being gone, the Yankees letting him go. And the only other thing that I really wanted to discuss before we wrap things up already here on episode 20 of Yapping Yankees, the first real edition of the complete offseason after the World Series, but the second edition of the Yankees offseason. I just wanted to talk a little bit about the World Series because it's it's nothing with the Yankees really because the Yankees, of course, were not in it, unfortunately. But because it is the World Series and it's the last we'll see of baseball until late February, you know, I, I think it's appropriate to still dish about a little bit, especially because one of the teams involved did beat the Yankees to get there. And that's, of course, the Houston Astros, who would lose incredibly to the Washington, to, to the Washington Nationals. So I just wanted to give my takes on this. First of all, just really quick, I wanted to say that this World Series was just downright incredible, unforgettable, I would even say. I mean, so many, so many historical things happened. Not only, not only did a team in the regular season that was significantly worse than the Astros defeat the Astros in a huge upset in the World Series, but something happened that we never saw before in the 115-year history of the Fall Classic. And we saw the road team win all the games. <laughs> it's crazy. The road teams were 7-0. I mean, this was back in Washington, in Houston, all of it. The series, of course, started in Houston because the Astros had home field advantage because they finished with a significantly better record than the Nationals. The Astros won 107 games, and the Nationals won 93. It's a big difference, almost 15-win difference. It's one of the bigger upsets in World Series history. And the Nationals were a wild-card team, too, if you if you recall. And I had them losing in the freaking wild-card game. <laughs> And I already spoke about that in the past on Yapping Yankees, so I won't bring that up. But regardless, because the Astros finished with so, so much of a better record, of course, they had home field advantage. The series started in Houston. Games 1 and 2 were there, and games 6 and 7 were there. Games 3, 4, and 5 were in Washington. Washington won both of the first two games in Houston against Verlander and Cole, which was remarkable in of itself. And then they played three in Washington, where you expected the Nationals would get at least one there, and then maybe wrap it up in Houston, or maybe Houston would win both at home and then win in Game 7. But no, it went totally the other way. In, in a game, in, in a series where, in the three games where they were in Washington, where they only had to face Verlander and or Cole just once, they had to face Cole in Game 5, which, by the way, Cole looked ridiculous in Game 5. He was great. But they barely even had to face either of them. They had to face Cole once. And they had they had two gifts in two games in Washington. They could have honestly finished it off there. But then they lost all three games in Washington. The Astros won all three, and, and the Nationals lost all three in their home stadium. 
So now you're saying, oh my god, now they have to face Verlander in Game 6, and even if they get past Game 6, they still have to win Game 7 on the road against Zach Granke, who actually gave them a very hard time in Washington and would give them a hard time again in Game 7. So then they, the Astros win all three on the road. So the road team at this point is 5-0. And, oh, and they go back to Houston for Game 6 and 7. And the Nationals win both of them! They had five incredible comeback victories later in the game throughout the entire postseason, and then they did it again in Game 7. They were able to beat Verlander in Game 6, and then in Game 7, after being scratched in Game 5 because of back and neck spasms, Max Scherzer goes out there like the warrior he is in Game 7, pitches himself a fine game, given the circumstances, a more than fine game, and gives the Nationals the victory. Well, of course, they were losing while he was in the game. But then a solo shot off of Zach Granke just turned things around entirely towards towards the end of the game for the Nationals. I believe it was Anthony Rendon hit a solo shot to make it 2-1. to one. Then A.J. Hinch, a very controversial decision that will be mentioned forever, had Garrett Cole warming up in the bullpen. Probably wouldn't have gone long since he just pitched in Game 5, but he was warming up. And Hinch didn't use him. He went to Will Harris and took out Zach Granke when Granke had 80 pitches. And then what would happen? Howie Kendrick would hit an unbelievable, unforgettable go-ahead two-run shot off the right field foul pole, an oppo taco, if you will, to make it 3-2, to two, at which point I was screaming in disbelief in what has already been an incredible World Series up to this point. Then the Nationals would add on more runs, and, and that would be it. The Nationals incredibly won on the road. A remarkable job. They simply did what the Yankees could not. They hit in the big spots, which got them big runs, which got them big wins. That's how it works. And with the help of in, with incredible starting pitching by Max Scherzer, by Steven Strasburg especially, who deservedly won the World Series MVP, that's how you get it done with the help of Patrick Corbin out in the bullpen, who had had some rough outings in the postseason prior. But he came through in this series, especially in Game 7, gave them, I believe it was three much-needed innings. After I believe Max Scherzer went five, and then I believe you had Patrick Corbin go six, seven, eight, and I think they had Hudson go ninth. So that, that this is what they did. They managed their bullpen properly with the effective starting pitching that they had because they knew that their bullpen is not the strongest So they used it when they absolutely had to, and they just got it done. The Nationals got it done, especially with the hitting. They did what the Yankees couldn't, situational hitting, big time. So in unbelievable fashion, in an incredible World Series, in a World Series I thoroughly enjoyed, even though the ratings apparently said this was like the least watched Game 7 of the World Series in history, I couldn't care less. I enjoyed it a ton. But congratulations to the Nationals. The first time that the Nationals themselves have won, and I believe the city of Washington hasn't seen a World Series championship for about 90 years or something like that with the Washington Senators. I believe it was in 1924, which if that's correct, then that was 95 years ago. I'm not sure if the Senators won after that, but I'm pretty sure I saw that they won in 1924, and boy, that's a long time ago. I mean, it's been forever since the city of Washington has seen a championship in baseball. 
and of course maybe some people up in Montreal since of course the Washington Nationals are what came from the Montreal Expo so maybe some people up in Montreal were even celebrating upon this World Series championship as they deserve to anybody and everybody that roots for the Nationals deserves this their team fought their hearts out they showed great heart and spirit and they never gave up and they won the fight as I said fight finished they did a hell of a job congratulations to them and congratulations to the city of Washington. They undoubtedly deserve that. So I just wanted to give my takes a little bit on what was of the World Series. Just downright incredible. And it was it was a lot of fun to watch. Of course, I'm sad the Yankees couldn't be there. Obviously, that goes without saying. And it would have been much better if they were there. But since they weren't, I believe this was the next best thing. And it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun to watch. But guys, unfortunately, as will a lot of the offseason pieces be... This shorter edition of Yapping Yankees is coming to a close, so that is it for today. I want to thank you so, so much for listening. One last shout-out to Team Left Jab, though, as always. They feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and, of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms and check out their sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, you name it, anywhere. They also just redid, and again, I want to mention this again, they also just redid their website, new social media pages, and it's all looking very, very promising, guys, so be sure to check out Team Left Jab, and I will also be sure to provide a link for you tomorrow because I believe I'm supposed to be having another interview there. I always have a lot of fun going on Team Left Jab. Tons of fun, lots of discussion there to talk about. Also, while you're at it, be sure to follow me on all social medias, Mike Scudero. Be sure to follow my Facebook fan page. You can find that at Mike Scudero NY on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter, of course, the social media platform that I am most disgustingly active on, at Mike Scudero. And be sure to follow me on Instagram as well, at MikeScuds97. And thank you. 3,000 as always for listening. I'm Mike Scudero, and I'll talk to you next Sunday, November 10th, when I come at you with episode 21, another off-season edition of Yapping Yankees. And until then, have yourselves a good week, and I'll talk to you next Sunday. Take care, guys. Yeah.